Hi everyone, and welcome back to Broken Vessels Mended by God. I'm so glad to have you here. We are in a new series called Seek Him, and we are going over the book of John, the I Am sayings of Jesus. The last time we looked at the I Am the Door of the Sheep saying, but now we're going to look at the I Am the Good Shepherd saying of Jesus found in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 10. Lesson 4, The Good Shepherd In 2021, my husband and I had the awesome privilege of visiting Yosemite Valley in California. We stood amazed at the beauty of that incredible national park. The splendor of the mountains and forests causes awestruck wonder to those who see it. In his book, First Summer in the Sierra, written in 1911, John Muir wrote of his experiences in Yosemite Valley as a shepherd. He walked the sheep through the valley and saw the great Half Dome and El Capitan Cliffs. Mesmerized by its beauty, he knew it had to be preserved. I found it fascinating that this humble shepherd was partly responsible for the existence of that great national park. In Psalm 23, the famous, The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm written by King David, he wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Shepherds are important to God. Abel was a shepherd, and Abraham was a shepherd. So was Moses, and of course we all know David was a shepherd. But in John chapter 10, Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd. So obviously shepherds mean something to God. In the Bible, a shepherd was the lowest of the low. They had the awesome responsibility of guarding the sheep that would be used in the Passover feast celebrations. Sheep were an important commodity. A shepherd wasn't paid much, and they often had to stay outside guarding the sheep while the people were celebrating the feasts of the Lord. In John chapter 10, when Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd, it really meant something. It meant something to the Gentiles, but That I am saying of Jesus must have struck a deep chord with the Jewish people standing before him. They probably remembered what God had said in Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. In the days of Ezekiel, God was angered by the irresponsible shepherds. He had placed these shepherds over his people to guard and protect them and feed them. He expected his priests to feed the people with his word, but they had become more concerned with themselves than God's word. And the sheep were going astray 
or being devoured by the beasts of the field. So God said something that alluded to what Jesus would later say in John 10. In Ezekiel 34, starting at verse 11, God said, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep, and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have scattered. So will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. In John chapter 10, Jesus called himself the good shepherd who seeks out the sheep, and they know his voice. Imagine the faces of the Jewish people hearing those words coming from this young man born to Mary and Joseph. This young man They knew what God had said to the prophet Ezekiel. And now this young man from Nazareth was calling himself the good shepherd? Are there two good shepherds? No, only one. The people gathered around Jesus were without a responsible, loving shepherd. They were scattered and afraid. Jesus, being God, knew this. With this I am saying, he reminded them of God's promises to seek them out and rescue them. Imagine the relief of those words. Imagine what those words brought to many of the people standing before him. God's promise was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. The Sacrificial Shepherd If God is our good shepherd, then why do people in all creation suffer? If God is good, How can there be evil in this world? Those are fair questions, questions that have been asked for centuries. When we study God's word, we see that there is a purpose for everything that happens, both good and bad things. When teaching about God's word, I've used storms as a way of explaining the purpose of trials to Bible students before. To my Bible study students, I explained how a tree become stronger because of the harsh winds beating against them during the storms. The wind beating against a tree trunk causes the roots to dig in deep and the trunk grows thicker. Without storms, the tree dies because it remains weak and falls over. The storms of life happen for a reason. We can clearly see in nature that there are various types of evil. There's natural evil, like storms, hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, wildfires. There's moral evil, which is man killing man, man man killing animals, animals killing man, etc. And there's supernatural evil, demons and the devil. Moral evil seems to be the one type of evil we struggle with the most. If God is good, how can he allow such horrendous evil to happen to the innocent, like the little children, the innocent babies, and innocent animals. That is a difficult reality to comprehend, isn't it? We know God's people at the time of Jesus also struggled with the problem of evil because they desired a great military leader who would destroy the evil of their time, the Roman Empire. They craved justice. They desired the kingdom to be restored. 
God promised that he would deliver justice. He promised the kingdom would be restored. And God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus, who is our good shepherd. He alone is justified in casting that first stone. But instead, he died for us that we might be reconciled to God. So yes, evil exists in this world. All of creation suffers because we sin. And that is why we must repent of our sins and be mournful of our sinfulness and the damage it causes. The little innocent ones suffer because of us. And when you see sin in that way, you can see how important it is for us to work hard not to commit evil against God. The religious leaders knew what Jesus was doing. In these verses, he reminded them of the irresponsible shepherds Ezekiel had written about and how these irresponsible shepherds had abandoned the sheep. Jesus was admonishing the religious leaders gathered around him. Imagine the sneers of disgust the leaders had on their faces as they listened to Jesus preach, knowing he was right. Jesus informed the people that not only is he God, but he is that good shepherd who hears the voices of his people crying out for help, healing, and restoration. And he has come to save the world. What about you? In Ezekiel 34, God said he would search for his sheep and rescue them. How does this passage bring you comfort knowing that God himself is willing to seek out his own when they go astray? Why is it important for Christians to understand the historical context of this I am the Good Shepherd saying of Jesus? When Jesus said he is the Good Shepherd, he compared himself to God. What lessons can the Christian take away from this declaration in John chapter 10? Say a prayer to the Lord praising him today. Praise him for being that Good Shepherd who seeks after us and rescues us. And until next time, thank you so much for joining me today. God bless.